Oh, Father God, we thank you this morning for your constant diligence in seeing to it that we know Jesus, that we know you, that your Spirit is producing fruit in us, that you never for a moment rest, Lord, that you neglect us never, that when you're far from our thoughts, we're close to your thoughts, and that when we're not loving, Lord, you are loving. And... um, we ask this morning for help in understanding some of the practical outworkings of the gospel in our lives as we consider what's happening all around us every day because that's very important to us to take what we understand from your word, what we understand of the gospel and how it is um, living uh, in this time and in this day that you've that you have sovereignly chosen to have us in. Um, We're in a very active time of all kinds of things and there are so many opportunities for people to be divided against one another. We think of the scripture, the love of many will wax cold as it seems the end is getting nearer and nearer. We we certainly hope it is. Uh, But help us to genuinely be conformed to the image of Christ and to shine his lights as you say though we don't feel it that way sometimes we 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 don't shame our neighbors anyway by saying we live as lights in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation because lord if you didn't if you didn't keep that wick going we would likewise be crooked and perverse so help us to love amen <clears throat> show jesus right so started last week just, just a little mini series I guess as it were on now when I when I call the study the Bible and the news how should the news of the day impact us Christians and what is our response I guess I'm not thinking so much about I, what I want us to get, try to get our arms around not so much is what should our particular response be as in you know what specific things should we do or how exactly should we think about this because I think there are legitimate there's legitimate room in our Christian faith to even have differing opinions. A good example, we spoke about this gentleman while we were talking about music, the rap artist Lecrae, who enjoys a wonderful reputation among the brethren, at least until recently. At least until he showed some concern about uh, Black Lives Matters and the things that were happening uh, in the news. Uh, in particular that were impacting uh, things that were going on in our minority populations or things that were affecting uh, our um, so-called minorities among the brethren and the unbelievers as well. And, and sort of rather than trying to interact with that a little bit, a lot of evangelicals turned on Lecrae, according to an article I was reading yesterday. This is one article. I got it from the Gospel Coalition, which I find usually trustworthy. Uh, the Gospel Coalition is an organization of thinkers that is spearheaded by Tim Keller. Um, nothing unorthodox about Tim Keller. Nothing too much that frightens me about him. Um, and so, and there are other things as well. There's the whole, uh, but we have to be ready to. Is our mind? All of these things give us an opportunity to find out where exactly is our mind? Our Everything 
our intellect, our emotions, how well have they been sort of subdued, trained, and directed by the gospel? Um, this is important for young people as, as well as, you know, from the youngest up to the eldest among us, because this is where we are here and today. This is where, this is where you're growing up. Younger people, man, you're, you know, you're, you don't have years and years. This is, this is why it's interesting to be a young person as well in our world. You don't have years and years in which the gospel, and at least in which Christian faith or theism in general was like was just part of the fabric of society. It was just sort of a given. I mean, all the TV shows we grew up with, there was at least some sort of even abstract. I mean, some of us grew up watching things like Little House on the Prairie and The Waltons. Those were shows that were on every week, and they were good things. They they reflected well on more or less on humankind and. And in their own way, explore the nature of humanity. But you don't have that. You're not in a culture, and you were not born in a time. We're now in that time where, you know, if you're under 30, certainly under 20, you, you don't have, you, you haven't stepped into, you were not born into a world where, where the reality of God is sort of taken for granted. You're born into a time now where. Uh, academia has taken, you know, college and everything, public education, even much private education, has t- it, it's departed from an understanding of everything that comes together. How does all the big? What's the big picture like? It doesn't encourage that kind of thinking anymore. It's very, you know, how do you feel about this thing and this thing and this thing and you know what should you be like on this thing and this thing? And if you if you err in the slightest way, see. So there is, there may not be a sort of a God-based authority, but there is an authority in this world right now, and you are constantly being condemned and judged by it. We all are. Um, you say the wrong thing, and so you were born into the phobia generation. There was Generation X, there was the Millennials. You guys are the phobia generation. If you don't think the way you're supposed to, you're phobic in some way. I don't even know if you know what that means. What's phobic mean, Gabe? You know. <laughs> yeah. But yes, that's Mark. Not what they mean. No, that's it's right. That's exactly. Right. You have an irrational fear of it. It's something like you're against it, and you. That's right. You don't take. You don't uh, eat the or swallow the party line. Well, exactly. And the reason why they say that is, if you don't think this way, the only reason you don't think that they're telling you the only reason you don't think this way is because you have an irrational fear. So. For example, if you're an Islamophobe or you have an opinion on same-sex marriage that differs with, by far, now the exceeding 65, 70%, 80% of public opinion, then the only reason you could possibly express that point of view is you have an irrational fear of homosexuality or homosexuals. It's not possible you might have a reasoned, solid reason to believe that that's not what God wants for sexuality among humankind. So you're you're in a very interesting age. You don't have you, you don't have the background. A new background is being painted with you as the brushes. <laughs> it's a very hard time, Barbara. I was just gonna say, I think like the homosexual issue, for example, it goes more than farther than just mm-hmm. the kind of fear. They they say that you hate them. Yes. You know, Good point. You yeah. Yeah. And it is very hard. You're you're, you're constantly you're there are subtle ways. There have been there have been nations and times 
in which you were condemned. Even in the times that the Jesus was alive. I mean, he, you had to really walk a straight and narrow line in a lot of ways then, too. And a lot of people were slaves in that day. Not slaves the way America had, but more like indentured servants. But people weren't free to think. They weren't educated. They didn't... You know? And then, even in, in Judaism, they had a very rigorous religious system that in their own way condemned them. You were Sabbathophobic, in a way, right? You, you, you were, you know, whatever. You know, you name it. You, you, were, you, were, you were natophobic. If you didn't strain that gnat out, right? If you didn't strain out that gnat before you drank, you were a natophobe for not thinking you should do that. What's further complicated it and, and marginalized biblical Christianity is the, is the church's left movement. Yeah. Agreeing with this yep. new social world moral view, mm-hmm. uh, including even the, the black churches who have, I mean, this is, this is what boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean like AME? What do you mean black churches? Well, and, and that's a big brush, of course. I'm talking. I'm not talking about reformed or. Right. I mean, I'm talking. I'm talking still conservative-minded, but still jumping ship over into the more social issue. It's sort of like liberation theology. Right. There is even a thing called black liberation theology. In other words, in other words, many of those churches have actually um, uh, willingly accepted the paradigm mm-hmm. of. Homosexuality is an equal civil rights issue, mm-hmm. and as, as the black struggle, and, and, right. which is is a whole paradigm shift sure. from a church perspective of seeing the moral world in a certain sure. view. And this 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 feminist liberal ideology, this 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 Central American, you know, there was a big part of the Roman Catholic sort of liberation social gospel in uh, Central America in the seventies yeah. and eighties. Mark. Yeah. Anglican churches came out and said you can pick your gender. Sure. So uh, these are all things in the news. This is big news. When any when any church aligns with the predominant when any when any particular church aligns with with the mainstream thought that's coming out of unbelieving America, they love to hop on that. They say, "Oh, look, see this church," and they, in the sense, it's going to alienate. So all of this. All of this is completely in line with the promise that we will endure suffering. <clears throat> because we struggle with how to, how to interact in this. We, the scripture says we owe a debt of love to every man. We owe a debt of love to everyone. We owe a debt of love to people that can't stand us. Or that can't stand you individually or, cl- or Christians collectively. We have a debt of love that we're sort of always sort of it's not a debt that we're going to eventually pay down. It's not, not that way. <laughs> it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a balance that you have that you finally get to pay off. We're just always indebted to them. And so, the purpose of looking at this isn't necessarily so much to say, okay, I think that Scripture teaches we should align with the Christian baker in the controversy about the cake. There's three big things before the Supreme Court right now. Okay? Uh, but they aren't—they aren't sort of theistic things. They're, they're mostly constitutional crises or questions. Okay. Now the reason why they are this is because though there was a time when at least our thoughts that God existed and gave us certain rights that couldn't be taken away from us were to be protected by the government, which is really consistent with what, in a way, with Romans 13, God ordained government for a certain reason. And I think that the founders were on the right track when they said you know we have certain rights just by virtue of the fact that we're human we have these inalienable rights that can't be taken away from us God gave them to us 
But in, in today's day and age, and again, young people, you are the first ones in which we are living in an age where God is not the dispenser of rights. For government is. Institutions of various kinds are the dispensers of rights, and that's why we're in such a difficult time. And, and this is just all, I'm just <clears throat> giving all background. In the big umbrella of things, things, it seems like truth is found not in God anymore, but in the culture and in self. Yeah, and, and which just means it is... This is why it's just important to remember the big picture. Culture is always going to be shifting. They call it evolving. It's such an icky word, you know? <laughs> when politicians say, well, my position has evolved on this. But in order to say your position has evolved on something, then you need to say in some reason... It has advanced and is more in keeping with what it should be, yeah. because in the in the language of evolution, things that shouldn't be die off. So we are to, as Second Timothy two three four says, and I've really been thinking a lot about this, and so the study has almost turned into just sort of an emphasis on that. But as it relates to how do we sort of respond in this world with all these things going on around us, because we can't shut ourselves out from it. I mean, Paul said, look, I told you it had nothing to do with people that call themselves brethren, that are sexually immoral, that are drunkards, that are cheaters. I have nothing to do with those that name the name of Christ, but to do those things. Don't even sit down and eat with them. Don't have pie with them. Don't do anything with them. Right? Now, we are eating pie today, so we'll just ask those people to think that way to leave so we can eat pie. (laughs) But he says, I'm not talking about the unbelievers, otherwise you'd have to come out of the world. We're among them. We're among this thought. This is our time. This is when we're alive. This is where we are today. So we're going to endure hardship in some way or other. And it, it's in some ways it's more subtle than I assume. It seems it was uh, way back, sort of in ancient times. It's much more subtle now. We've had years and years mankind to master various forms of manipulation through music, the arts, culture, social media, everything. The enemy is a mastermind. He's a mastermind. We've got to respect the brilliance of the enemy uh, because he is so crafty and he is so intensely busy. Yes? I think a good example of that is this show that started up this year called Wisdom of the Crowd. Hmm. And, and to me, that looks like yeah. the attempt, the next move to replace God as the source hmm. of... Uh, morality mm. of, of a lot of things that would control us or give us uh, direction. Yes. So and that, that is, it's introduced in so-called entertainment media, mm-hmm. but uh, that idea grows. Yep. So I think that and you don't have to be a person that's scanning the headlines all that. Look, if you're on social media at all, you guys and ladies, younger people, you're constantly barraged. If anyone's on Facebook, I don't do Facebook, okay? And that's nothing wrong with doing Facebook if you can handle it. <laughs> I can't. Honestly, I can't. I, I, that is a weakness for me. It, it's a weakness. I can't. I can. I can no more do that than I can say. Well, you know, I, I used. You know, I was addicted to alcohol for years. I, I can no more say. I'll just be on Facebook for family matters than I can say. I'm just going to have a couple of beers. The reason why I would go to Facebook is for the fight. I'm not really going there for. Just like the reason I would have a couple of beers really isn't just to have a couple of beers. It's to get lit to get drunk it's to get a buzz that's why I drank that's why I would go to social media because I'm looking when I'm honest I'm looking for the fight and you know I, I just can't do that but there are people that can do it you, you people have a gift that I don't have and, and you, you I don't understand it 
<laughs> it's like going into the boxing ring. Like saying, I'm just going to go in the middle of the ring and have tea. It doesn't work for me. But some of you can do that. And you, but you see stuff all the time, right? You have ideas come at you. Don't Now, when I was on Facebook, back before I became purer than you, when I was, <laughs> when I, when I was on Facebook, when I was on Facebook, everyone had something to say about everything. Whatever was in the news, that was the topic of conversation. And I can assure you, <clears throat> I, I got slammed. On uh, my opinion, I, I got slammed. I got, I got beat like Rodney King on Facebook. I did, uh, and I opened. You know, I brought it upon myself because I, I opened that up. But, but my point being, the way you think about things, you, you're not just you're not this person that's on an island just thinking your own ideas. We are a product in some ways, or we're very much influenced by the world that we live in. And what comes at us through the media all the time. Um, I wonder in Daniel sometimes, at the end of Daniel, as I'm just thinking about this, there's a point in the prophecy that Daniel is receiving that said knowledge will increase. I think there's something in there to be researched and looked out that the availability of information and knowledge that is it's so much now. You can get an opinion on anything. You can get information on anything. I mean, I could find out, you know, anything. Within a matter of moments. I think that's part of the blindness of society, thinking that we're so much more knowledgeable now. Mm. Because true knowledge is going to bring you know, a degree of wisdom and intelligence. Yeah. And yet, when you look at the way people think these days and mm. how they can't put, you know, if one equals, uh, if A equals B and B equals C, mm-hmm. A might not equal C. You know, people can't think. And I think they're flooded with so much knowledge. Mm-hmm. <coughs> it's caused societies to be puffed up. Yep. I mean, just look at how people used to write 150 years ago. You <coughs> yep. never see a paper like right. the grammar and anything. Sure. Mm-hmm. And read some it down. Out. So, what, I mean, yep. what would that, that verse be referring to then in terms of knowledge? True knowledge? <coughs> Good question. You know, I mean, honestly, I don't know what the Hebrew is. I don't know what the, you know, is it access to, to knowledge? Is it the fact that information will be flying everywhere? Is it somehow, I mean, if, if there's something significant enough to put in Scripture about knowledge increasing, and if anyone has a thought on this, and Daniel, you've studied it, let me know. And John, have you looked at that? Do you know that prophecy at all? Um, and uh, John N., do you have any access to uh, No, I'm not. Yeah. I would, I would have gone down the trail you were kind of going down. Yeah. But other John makes a really good point. Like yeah. What, what technically is knowledge? Like... You know, wisdom is the Im- implementation of knowledge. Yep. But so, is the knowledge just having that access? It's a very important question because yeah. it's at the heart of what we're talking about. Yeah. Knowledge. Uh, yes, Maureen. And then thought. Um, two things. The first one is the world thinks increasing knowledge, but it doesn't give wisdom. Ah. Yeah. Thinking gives wisdom. Searching gives wisdom. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is for knowledge's sake. And you see, I'm going to see little kids doing this with their mother's phones. They have no idea what they're doing. Uh-huh. It's not teaching them any wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know. Secondly, <coughs> uh, knowledge goes both ways uh, for both people—people people that are believers and people that are not. Sure. And when Daniel was writing that, he didn't have the New Testament. Right. So our knowledge has increased. Mm-hmm. Our knowledge has increased too, and it should. Knowledge about God. When we study the Word, we should. We have more. Amen. Uh, the ramification <coughs> of what we're reading is greater than what. Daniel yes. Knew. Yes. Good point. Face, Good point. You know, when he heard yeah, scared him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy wet himself. That's right. Uh-huh. There are always people that are looking for knowledge. Yep. You know, you think back 
how many people were going to college and mm -hmm. university in the 1920s mm -hmm. in comparison to today. Mm -hmm. So knowledge has increased. And by the same token, our knowledge of what's going on, if you just keep your eyes open... There's a scripture verse something that speaks to something about something that counts as knowledge. Maybe someone could Google that. Uh, always learning but never coming never to coming the knowledge to the truth. Truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. The truth. We Chrissy. should be learning more. Uh, just uh, with a cultural piece, I was listening to a sermon last night and they were specifically talking hmm. about these verses and it says in uh, Romans 1, <coughs> and even if they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and, yeah. and giving themselves over to the debates and all of that to yep. itself, yep. then it goes on to say, who, knowing, in verse 32, who knowing the righteous judgment of God and those who practice such things are worthy of death, not only do the same do the same also, but approve of those who practice mm. them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, he, and the, the preacher was essentially challenging the media that we, even as as Christians or Reformed mm. Christians or more mm. pure Christians, <laughs> <laughs> what do we count? You know, we say, oh, there's not too many swears, and I can fast forward this sex scene, and yeah. then I can also, you know, but then further in, you know, I, I look at that show, This Is Us, which is so popular. So mm. many Christians even are watching that, and mm. I think, but there's sex before marriage, there's this is mm. happening, there's that is mm. happening. And I feel like in watching those things, mm. we're proving mm. of... And no to some extent, there is. I would say it's hard for me to, to paint to say that um, entirely because, again, I, I think that there's you have to get into the whole discussion of what's gratuitous and what's not, and there's so much. Some people can just handle that, you know, better. I, I just, you know, what I mean, some people can handle that better. I mean, I'm at a point in my life where I can handle that a little bit better, but I'll still say, Kim, just let me know when the scene is over. All right, just, 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 you know, whatever we might be watching. Um, but it's it's very hard. You, 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 yeah. I was thinking this sounds crazy to everybody, or or just the way that I think is that sometimes I find myself and and I'm picking up and understanding little individual facts, mm -hmm. but then the real knowledge comes in when I can like take all of those facts mm -hmm. and come to kind of like a, a conclusion. So in other words, that there's there's truth to be found, but if you can't gather up all the facts and come to a like mm -hmm. a, a like a, a true truth about mm -hmm. what's going on mm -hmm. or how this is happening yep. then you get you get swayed in the wrong direction so you have all of this information being bombarded to you and you can maybe even memorize it all mm -hmm. or or parts of it but if you're not taking the whole picture as one <clears throat> you don't know how to apply it correctly to your sure. overall knowledge Jesus understood mm -hmm. the time that he was in Jesus had the he had such a, um, a an excellent verse, I think, for us to meditate upon. Is Jesus said, "My kingdom of not is not of this world." Mm. It was my people, but that, that's not. I'm not about this. My kingdom is not of this world. It doesn't come from this world. It's not. So, <clears throat> and this brings us to we talk about what kind of knowledge we have and how do we use it and how are we wise. It brings me back to this. There is a certain suffering that takes place, I think, all the time as a Christian today. The constant onslaught of um, negativity, the constant, it's an attack on love, really. Um, it's a temptation not to love. Uh, it is emotional. We can't retreat from the world, there, but we don't have to retreat from the world because we have the power of Christ in us, right? Um, but there's a lot of things that just come at us every single day, situations we're forced to be in, Conformed in a certain way, you have to you have to conform in a certain way to certain situations, whether it's in school uh, or on the job or you know wherever it may be. And the question is, 
How do those things impact us? There's a form of suffering that takes place in as much as at work, I want to be community. I want to be able to laugh up with my co-workers. I want to care about them. I want to be able to make them... I want them to have good days. I want them to sort of be happy people. I want them to be satisfied people. I want them to be fulfilled people. But, if I, it's impossible to do that outside of what's going on here at the workplace. And that's a different subject, but it, 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 it's similar to the news thing. But what's going on in the world around me? How has the gospel suited me to be in this time and in this place? Paul said... After having said, you know, sharing suffering as a good soldier, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. In those days, you served in the military 20 years. You didn't get distracted. You couldn't get married or anything. Okay, I understand. The way the Romans did it sounds like what Rome would do. You had concubines along the way, uh, you know, for your conjugal needs, I guess. But you didn't get married and you served for 20 years and that's what you did. You didn't get wrapped up in what was going on anywhere. You served for 20 years. Paul said in verse 10, Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So, I think this is his main reason to not get entangled in, quote, civilian pursuits. is his concern for the rest of Christ's people, for the rest of the elect that we don't even sort of know who they are or who they aren't. But Paul says, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. And so this doesn't mean that we don't get involved with so-called secular concerns. But uh, it leads to the question, what does this sort of entanglement look like in the context of what's going on around us all the time? And in the various verses 14, 16, 22, and 23, he mentions specific things, which I think textually refer to this entanglement. One is in verse 14, where we read, wrangling about words. Okay, word battles. Talking about things that are sort of not at all profitable. Getting hung up in words. Now, this can happen in the church as well. But just to get sort of hung up in word battles. Talking about things that it just sort of almost a waste of time or you know in the context in that day they might have I don't know what they would have argued about specifically about words you know I did it have to do with genealogies and myths which just says uh, back in first Timothy Paul says have nothing to do with myths and endless genealogies and all this don't don't argue about that what are you arguing about genealogies for I mean who cares if you know, Jonadab was the father or the great-great-grandfather of thus and such. Or how many, how many generations are there between this person and that person, right? How much Irish you have. Uh, yeah, yeah, really, really. Uh, maybe that's a, not a bad reference point either, but in genealogies in that context, look at how they kept genealogies all the time. And not that they didn't have a reason for them, but for some reason people would get hung up on them and fight about them. So, that's one way to sort of get entangled in something that is not gospel-oriented and Christ-centered and gospel-centered. In fact, there's sort of nothing profitable to it. Verse 16, somewhat can keep in with it, avoid worldly and empty chatter. Avoid worldly and empty chatter. I think mine says godless chatter. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Godless is empty. That's fine. I got no problem with that. Um, what, what, what is that sort of... How, how, how can current events as we see them in the news be problematic with respect to this thing Paul's pointing out? So, something's going on in the news. How do we get caught up you know, in the world 
How do we, what would, what would worldly and empty chatter look like in that context? And remember, it's important, I think, that we confront this because the things that you invest your emotions and passions and thoughts and time <coughs> in, they, they, they reveal what's going on in you. Yeah, Susan. I consider that just wandering from the truth. Mm. Yep. So just talking about, maybe talking about strictly symptoms instead of underlying causes as well, I think is another thing. So, uh, Wally. I think that the media today has a tendency to bait us into, uh, <coughs> like, for example, if you're looking on Facebook and there's a, uh, or a CNN news, mm-hmm. and you, you, they bait you with a question, mm-hmm. uh, like, should Trump be impeached? Mm-hmm. Something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your mind starts to answer that question, mm-hmm. and the question has no relevance to you because you're not actually going to be part of an impeachment anyway. And you make a great point. I'm going to get to that specifically because John Newton had the same exact sort of thought as you did. He talked about people who get wrapped up in politics that can do very little to, to influence the process itself or can do very little but sort of argue. And I saw myself in these things. Like I'm like... In a way, I'm like one of the most... I'm one of Newton's deplorables, in, in, in a way. I, I, I'm, I'm moving beyond it. I am. I, I can feel it healing, but... Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, like, even with worldliness, I feel like coming back from Haiti and experiencing, mm-hmm. like, you know, just culturally guts and raw. And, yeah. You know, and then you come back to the States and my own... I mean, I'm, I'm praying about Thanksgiving because I feel like my Christian brothers and sisters, li- literal brothers and sisters who know Christ like to spend time talking about what color they're paint in their dining room and you know and, and that's really important to them and it's beautiful to take care of the godly things mm-hmm. that God's giving you but I just feel like I'm like do I even fit in Amen. Yeah. I hear you like, yes something real? yes yes like absolutely uh, you know would, <clears throat> do you even give a like on Facebook to any news about the Kardashians <laughs> to me that's empty chatter you know what I'm saying? Or, or, or anything. Or things that... It's, this is very difficult. To, listen, work is one of the places where the news always comes up. The news comes up at work all the time. It is constant. It is constant. It, it, it is success. This is what's happening. People talk about stuff all the time. I want us to be focused on how do we respond and live in that. And some of it's going to mean honestly confronting what kind of flake have I been on a particular issue have I been uh, uh, you can look up something I, I saw a reference to it yesterday I didn't read it uh, Jesus is not an American patriot um, you know talking about you know the kinds of political things that we've aligned ourselves with that have nothing to do with gospel love where we feel our own sense of of the way we want to feel about something that we have not submitted to Christ yet. We haven't brought that thought captive to the obedience of Christ and we indulge it. And I'm telling you this happens, Barbara. I think, I think something that's really important and that I always keep, keep in mind when I'm writing all these ridiculous things is that almost, well, I would say 100% of it is biased, propaganda, mm-hmm. fake, lies, yeah. Yep. You, you can't trust it anyway, mm-hmm. so you know why 
Yeah, see, this is the world without Christ. They, they have, they're without Christ and without hope in this present world that we're in now, in this present age. And so they're constantly going to and fro. You can, it's, what they do is so meaningless in the big picture. It's void of meaning. Well, you can't believe it. And I think that's my point. Yeah. It's not and it's hard for us to live outside of meaning. Trump, for example, yeah, exactly. How do we know what, if any of this stuff that he's being accused of? Sure. Harrison. Uh, Pat, you said something earlier about the little house on the prairie. Mm-hmm. My ears perked up a bit. Growing up, I, I never watched Friends. I never watched, um, I don't know, what was another popular show? Seinfeld. Right, I never watched those either. I watched reruns mm-hmm. with my folks. Like, uh, the Andy Griffith show. Uh-huh. Yeah. The overarching theme of you know even even if it's in an abstract way of you know theism. Yeah. It's just there, and I I know you're a biologist. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with the philosopher Wittgenstein, he said that yes. that our generation is characterized as being uh, having an incredulity toward meta narratives. Yes, absolutely. Can you can you? Yeah, incredulity towards meta narratives. Can you mean that <laughs> Yes, we have no patience at all for the big story. <laughs> it's 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 mm-hmm. there's been a complete loss. It's incredulous. It's incredulous to think. It's it's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's silly to think that there's a big big story or something like Christianity. You can't know the big story. There is no the big story. Am I coming close to? So uh, yeah, the incredulity of the meta narrative. I like that. Yeah, that was like a piece of pie to me. Yeah, <laughs> I felt all warm going down. <coughs> of course, like <coughs> everything, there's a balance in the spiritual life. And, Indeed. And you know, there's nothing wrong with. And I know Chrissy would agree with this. It's just there's nothing wrong with talking about painting your room at a right. Hours. Um, but there's a certain point in all of our conversations we have to be like the Apostle Paul when he says, "I came not to baptize." Amen. Uh, but but to preach the gospel yep. lest I empty the gospel of its power yes in a certain place where our conversations start emptying the gospel yes, of power absolutely because we've gone along with the world rather than engaging the world yep rather than and, 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 it, and not everybody's going to be as skilled as other Christians I mean not no. everyone's gifts is in different areas sure but we should be thinking segues yes how do I get absolutely. This from this general yes great word topic yes good thank you get this into the kingdom thank of you God absolutely Exactly. Sort of. How do we segue? Exactly. What's the? Uh, that's a great word. You know, all these all these stories come out. How does this become a segue? And some of them might be quicker. You know, some people could instantly do it. Some people some people require. I see. Some people require working longer and longer, taking a period of time, and making sure you're living out the Christian gospel. That's the big thing too. If we're not living the gospel, if we're not living love, I mean, gospel empowered love. Nothing else matters because the purpose to which we're doing anything, there's no purpose to debate. There's no purpose to pointing out the right or the wrong way. There's no purpose to doing anything without... You know, Paul's not talking about some generic flaky love in 1 Corinthians 13. He's talking about Christ's redeemed, regenerated, produced love, which is a completely different love than the world has. If that isn't the motivating factor behind even reading the headline then we're off on the wrong foot. And 
So I think, yeah, segues is a, is a great sort of word to keep in mind as we continue to take a little bit of a look at this. Another one that we see in verse 20... I'm sorry, you had a hand. I, I was thinking of what you touched on before. Of the, so many people, and, and the enticement is always there to read about, look at, uh, hear about all yep. of the personal... Um, life of anyone in in the media, mm-hmm. any, anyone that's a, a star, or yep. well known, or in the politics. Yep. And I can't. I mean, there, there could be a small percentage of that that might be beneficial, but huge percentage of it, we don't need to know, and right. it's not godly. Yep. I don't need to know anyone's salary in in the White House, mm-hmm. and I don't need to know Tom Brady's stats. Mm-hmm. I don't. You know, all these things. Are that's, that's a good point. I mean, it, Maybe if you can, you can put that in the in the right spectrum of, mm. of what's good knowledge and what's not, mm. then yeah, yeah. And I think by all means, be a sports fan. Sure. But if it gets you so excited that you can't see anything godly in in particular yeah. realms of your life, then you probably don't belong there. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's I think it's increasingly here's verse twenty two. Here's another thing that we think about. Okay, in the context of the gospel and and the headlines. Verse 22, flee youthful lusts. Flee youthful lusts. Now, some old people in here think they don't have youthful lusts anymore, so I don't know. Caleb, how about uh, a youthful lust? What would be a youthful lust? You're youthful. <laughs> well, let's call it a youthful, something that distracts you that you run at, that you might run at. Not you, but the imaginary you that might run after. <laughs> the one thing that I really want to do is get a Nintendo Switch. Uh-huh. Yeah. So so what he's talking about thanks is, is a very specific desire. It's a very specific desire, something that he wants. And even so when we get uh again, say something's coming at us in the world we're living in. Part of that Desire could be our own. So we're going to flee you for lust. Some of the things that you see in the news, and I can't think of a specific thing that might sort of trigger this sense of, hey, yeah, you know, I'm going to cling on to that. I'm going to side with this person on this because it's part of our own individual desire to go after a certain thing, you know. <clears throat> and it can be politics, you know. It can be other things, too. It can be the sense of wanting to fit in with or thinking we have to say and act a certain way. There are some things... Like, you know, again, going back to Lecrae, look what he's facing now for saying he wants to, he's a, he, he, you know, from what I've been able to learn about him, he's a very deep thinking, love of Christ man. And because he's got some empathy for Black Lives Matters and these other things, like I said, all of a sudden he's getting thrown under the bus. Maybe he's got something to say that would benefit the Church of Christ so that we can think a little bit better about this subject and respond better in prayer and in the kinds of things that we can do to influence the world around us with that sort of Christian love. and So fleeing youthful lusts is a good way, is one of the things by which we can become entangled. Okay, And so if we're entangled in that, you, won't, you may not even pay attention to what's going on. Your desire for that may be so great that you, know, you don't care that your mother's got the flu. Or that you know there's something going on at school, you know, or at home if you're homeschooled, or whatever, you know, whatever's going on, and you're distracted by it. Okay, you're entangled, and that can keep us from being profitable to the place that God has placed us. 
God has put us here for a reason. We never want to make the mistake that many of the Christian community made in the 20s when they retreated into what came to be known as fundamentalism. When they retreated from academia, they retreated from everything. And they just, they, well, they got impatient. They got, they were like, enough. I just read last night, A.W. <coughs> Torrey said that every Christian, not quote as paraphrase, but uh, every Christian should desire and pursue mm. increasing their vocabulary. Amen. Because you have the ability to communicate yes. yep. back to the world. Very good. And they see the, um, they will respond better back to you because mm-hmm. you're articulating what you're trying to get across. Very good. Yep. Verse 23. Another thing that I think looks like entanglement in civilian pursuits of worldly affairs is refuse foolish and ignorant speculations. We touched on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So again, some of the things that we see uh, in the daily headlines, the daily conversation around us, is refuse <coughs> foolish and ignorant speculations. This is the driving force between gotcha sort of politics and, and gotcha civil discourse or uncivil discourse as it were is this this tendency to get caught up in foolish and ignorant speculations what might that be like what, so how would that yes Maureen one upmanship yeah and so what's what's going on let's, let's try to tie it in directly to anything that's going on currently a current affair a current event or something this can apply to Twitter accounts. It can, mm-hmm. it can apply to so many mm-hmm. things because everything has been shortened. Mm-hmm. Everything has been... Uh, it's just so surface. There's nothing in depth. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, there's so many things I think of when we talk about this because as I said, I love the subject. Mm-hmm. That my mind goes in so many places. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I can't focus on one thing. Yeah. But... Um, there's just too much abbreviated information mm-hmm. with myself right there's too much speed with myself if I don't hear it from somebody's lips mm-hmm. I don't believe anything I hear mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know and I think there was a guy who wrote a book if I can kind of diverge a little bit it was called Republican Like Me uh-huh. I'm not pushing either party no I understand party. But it just had to do with someone from NPR, he was a CEO of NPR, who used to be vehemently hateful of Republicans just for the sake of being Republican. Mm-hmm. And then he started to get to know people who were mm-hmm. Republican. He realized, oh, they're just like me. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. They care for their families and, and things like that. And it's kind of like that. We have to... We kind of have to listen to each other. Mm-hmm. And just like this gentleman with the rapper mm-hmm. and because he was turned on with Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. well I heard somebody talk about what supposedly the majority of Black Lives Matter want mm-hmm. and represents and I find nothing wrong with right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but then there's there are always going to be um, very powerful people with a lot of money mm-hmm. that want to influence that in order to keep us Mm-hmm. And it's being very—it's very effective. It is, Mark. Uh, we live in the soundbite world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the evening news. Yes. Uh, how many people watch that? Right. But when's the last time you read a book of more than 110 pages? Right. It doesn't. I don't think people are reading them much anymore, and that's where really what Susie's talking about is to uh, get the presentation of a full-blown idea. And, yep. Uh, absorb it. I, I know. Uh, this is another thing. 
And this is why you talk about the soundbite world. This feeds ignorant speculation. Because what is foolish and ignorant? Ignorant is uninformed. Right? When someone says you're ignorant, it's not necessarily an insult. Like It's usually said that way. It's got, it's got an insulting inflection to it. You idiot, right? Or, or you're ignorant. But ignorance is lack of knowledge, lack of understanding. So, have nothing to do with things. Don't speculate about things about which you're ignorant. Or, think, or speculate about things which are foolish to begin with. Okay, and the news makes it makes a lot of currency on that stuff. Okay, a lot of currency. Everything from, um, and w- this is what we have to be careful. So let's say they have the, um, they have the, you know, they're always giving celebrities awards of some kind, right? And there's some show for it, and 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 so and you'll hear people talking about it. I hear women. I've heard women about this particular subject talking the next day about what certain people were wearing. Okay. That's a foolish and ignorant... That's, that's not foolish and ignorant. That's foolish. Mm-hmm. And that's empty chatter. As far as I'm concerned. I mean, I just don't see why that means anything, right? But what does it reveal to us about those people that can help us segue into a present... So if this is important to them, we need to say, okay, what is it in their lives that's missing? Well, we know it's missing. But how do we get from what's missing... How do we get from their sort of interaction with this, that may not be an easy thing to figure out. Right? I mean, that may not be an easy thing to figure out. It may just be... Because sometimes we got to be careful. What we can do is shut people off by being dismissive and thinking, man, the world is so stupid and that's it. And that's where it stays. Mm-hmm. Well, what a stupid thing to talk about. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's a little high and mighty, really. But I've done it. You do it. What a stupid thing to talk about. We immediately dismiss it. We forget that our co-workers, people that are reading these things, seeing these things in the news, are thinking about these things all the time. Why? They don't even know they have an incredulity for the meta-narrative. But they do. But it's only because they've been trained that way. They, they, want, the, they want meaning. They want meaning. And they, they look for that either in... Yes, Gabe. So you'll see a video on CNN of a, of a man being beat up by a cop, and everyone's like, "Oh, the cop! What is he doing?" And then, but then, like, you look it up on the internet, you research it a little bit, and you find out that the guy had like a gun, or he was going to mm-hmm. do some pepper spray or something. Mm-hmm. And the news is always tweaking things. So right. People our age don't even trust the news at all. Mm-hmm. They it all the time. So. Yeah, and that's you know, uh, I read an interesting article this morning in the new in the newspaper. Chris Wallace was saying that. Um, he said, Donald, what Donald Trump is, is doing in constantly bashing the media is one of the biggest assaults on our democracy since its inception. Sure. He is telling people constantly, don't trust the media, they're your enemy. They're your enemy. And then he said, on the other hand, because he, he said at the beginning of the article, I've got things to say in here that both sides of this people are going are to not like. There's enough in here for you all to dislike. <laughs> uh, he then acknowledges that the media does things Okay, but so he's trying to say we got to be careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We have to correct ourselves from within, but we serve a very key function in democracy. So I mean, this is an example of a guy that's thinking, but there are those among us that might just not like the whole idea of the media at all, and so we might just dismiss the first part of that. It's so easy to be hypocrites, to 
if, say, for example, let's say you're a person that liked, I mean, didn't just vote for, but actually liked Trump, that as soon as he was accused of something wrong, you thought, oh, man, you know, that, that woman probably has some axe to grind. But then as soon as you see Al Franken under the gun, you're like, yeah, pervert, you know, <laughs> right? We are such hypocrites. And that's fleeing, that's, that's youthful lust as, as well, because that is a immature, adolescent way of thinking that causes us to be distracted from the big picture, which is, and this is something that's coming out, this is something that can, the church can pay attention to and has to be careful with. Look at what, in reality, so many women have suffered for so many years. And, yeah, there's going to be wackos, so-called, that come out of the woodwork, but there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's something going on where the church needs to be very aware of this. I saw, there's another article you can read in, in the Gospel, uh, I, I didn't read at TGC, but be a Boaz and learn how to empower women in the world. What that really means. I mean genuine empowerment, not just, you know, phony sort of feminine stuff, but how do we, do we take a look at that and say, okay, a wrong approach, and this will reveal our biblical mindset, you could talk to some, and I'll call them, say, fundamental independent Baptists, that won't have nearly the concern for women that a church like ours would have. Right? I, I once had a pastor that said, I'm sorry, women, to the, and until Christ returns, you will not be equal to men. You're not equal. Right? And I thought, wow! I, I took my breath away. Wow. You know? And I thought, what? And it wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't making the point about socially we're just going to be a mess until that happens. He was literally saying, I'm sorry. You've got to be subservient until then sort of way. Yeah. My sister mm-hmm. always has a great thing. I'm sorry? My sister always has a great thought about that. She says, oh, then I must have more of the blood of Christ on me because I'm a woman if I'm so much more sinful or not right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And you have to carry that. <coughs> this is big in the news. This is a huge, huge issue in the news. And as a Christian, i got to stop and think, what do I think about women? Now, I'm, I just want to share something that I said at work, and I wish I could take it back. I said it at work the other day. I said, in the military and in the police, I don't think that men should be in positions of, under authority of a woman. I don't think there should be a woman that heads up the Massachusetts State Police Force. It was a discussion I was having. Now, I was in no way prepared to discuss that to any length. It was more of just a sort of a gut reaction that I have, a general sense of differences between men and women that I haven't maybe nuanced and worked out right. But I've got an unbeliever. She's a friend I call that works in sort of the next cubicle. We, we call each other, we're, we're cube mates. And I know what I'm sort of getting at a little bit with that. But I need to work a lot more on that as to why. You don't want to leave that one hanging. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and that's what I did. I left it hanging. And, and that's a response to, a, to something in the news. That's that's how you don't do it, right? And I didn't say it condescendingly. I just said I just I have a fundamental sort of at the heart of things. Differences between men and women are such that I don't know that men should be subordinate to women, and that kind of a physically potentially physically violent sort of uh, responsibility. And now on the other side, there might be this is where the body helps one another to see certain things that okay. I can see where you think that, but I think in Christ we need to realize, you know, thus and such. Or, what are you getting hung up about that for? Ken, we'll have a talk about this after, right? What are you getting hung up about that for? Why does it bother you in the first place? Oh, well, because I still have some male chauvinism. Plain and simple. No problem saying that. 
I, I know that I do. I see it show up somewhere. It's it's like it's like you know you, you you're, you're 50 years old and you think, great, I'm not going to get zits anymore, and you get a zit. Oh. <laughs> I'm 54 now, right? But it's like that, you know. It's like, oh my God, where did where did this chauvinism come from? Boy, you never killed it. It's on the cross, but you keep on pushing yourself up to get some air for it, you know? So, these are things in the news. The point of all this is there are things that happen around us all the time, current events that are going to reveal with us how well prepared are we to share the gospel in our own life and, and uh, I mean, with our, with our living testimony because he also says to Timothy, or is it to Titus, pay attention to yourself and to your doctrine. Titus? It is Timothy. Uh, pay attention to yourself and to your doctrine. That's for everyone. I mean, I know he's talking pastorally, but I think that's for everyone. And we may have to make adjustments in our life and in ourselves in, in, in submission to Christ before we can even open up the hole at work about a particular subject and leave it to those that are better able to. Yep. And, and I, the Christian has to say, I, I have opinions mm-hmm. and it's certainly non-conformist mm-hmm. to the world, but I know some of those opinions are going to be so inflammatory, mm-hmm. so controversial, especially when we're in context and time mm-hmm. to do it, that if I tell, if I tell an unsafe person, Yes. This is why it's so important to love the soul yes. that's lost more than having your opinion coming out. Yes. That Absolutely. You just don't stay in front of exactly. uh, an individual person yep. that you love that soul with yep. by saying, I don't believe any of the media. Yes. They're all liars. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you just you just dropped the ball. Sure. You, you have nothing in common with that person yep. who maybe believes just the opposite. That's a great point. Yep. And do you really love the soul enough? Yep. To hide that opinion, and, 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 and there's a lot of truth to that opinion. Yes, absolutely. But you just you just took the match that was lit. Mm-hmm. And you just put some water. On. Yeah, and, and, and I'll, I'll I don't know if the if the language would allow for this, but youthful lusts. Can I talk about that in terms of adolescent passions? I'm not just talking sexual. Just just this this passion to sort of respond to something in such an adolescent type of manner, a power play, a display of you know sort of force. So you can just sort of. Sometimes the force with which we say something can intimidate somebody. And, and I just wonder, you know, I don't want to wonder about it because it scares me. And I'll end up sitting in the corner sucking my thumb and crying. How many barriers have I thrown up in my life to the gospel at work? How many lost opportunities are there? I don't want to think about it, but I have to think about it. These things make me think about it. So that's what I want to come out of this. I don't want us to say at the end of this, all right, now I know what to say as a Christian baker and what's it the baker the something a candlestick maker? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to I don't have to be able to articulate that particular opinion, but more importantly, what's going on behind the scenes? What's gonna prevent me? What is keeping me? What idol am I what well, not idol, but what, what's distracting me? Because I think this I think that this is a, the news is a great foil against which we can uh, measure where's the problem? What's going on inside of your head? It's going on inside of your soul that you think it's more important. If you know that this... And this is what it was. If you know that this particular woman has an axe to grind with men, because she does, okay, and for legitimate reasons that there's no need to get into, for me to say that to her is a match. (coughs) Even if I think we have a certain level of trust because we're friends, you know what I mean? That's a match. And even though sometimes, even at work, you know, there's different people you can push each other's buttons and you just... I tend to be like overly playful. 
you gotta be, you gotta be very, yeah. <laughs> you gotta be like, you gotta be careful. I gotta be careful. And man, I just ha- haven't arrived there yet. But, um, and part of the reason is either because the hardest thing me to do is Sierra La Boca. You know what I mean? I just can't shut my mouth sometimes. So, anyway. Ida, would you pray for us? And uh, we'll go upstairs. Is that okay? You don't have to. Would you like to pray for us? Because we're all done. No? Okay, then I'm going to ask John to. This John? This John, right. yes. John, thank you so much. That, Look at this, uh, two Johns in here. We, we do have your truth and your word, Lord, that we know that that stands the test of time. It's going to last to the end of the age, Lord. And we thank you for that, that we can lean on your word and know know that we live in this day and age where you know is the news trustworthy is the internet trustworthy is that video trustworthy we know we have the one truth that the, the rock is built upon father so we thank you for your son and, and your word and that we know that we can trust in you and you are exactly who you say you are and we thank you that you do what you say you would do and you have done what you said you would do and so we thank you for that lord and we pray that we could be more mindful of these things as we're looking through the news and and let's be articulate, like Brother Tao was saying. Let us, let us be able to mm. articulate the hope that lies within us, Lord, to, to give that account when we're speaking to someone and to, mm. uh, to be able to switch over from the natural conversation into the spiritual. Like, mm. I can remember Jesus talking to the woman at the well and just saying, hey, give me some water. And, and so he, he sparked up that conversation mm-hmm. and boom, swung it over to the spiritual. Amen. So let, let us be mindful like that, Lord. Mm. Let us see the, the segues or, or, the, or the, little, uh, the little crooks and, and, and that we can go into. Mm. Mm-hmm. To, to bring the conversation to a much deeper level, Lord, mm-hmm. and let us be more mindful of that. Father. Let us mm-hmm. let us be more mindful of what's truly at stake here, Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people's opinions being right, being wrong, but at the end of the day, everyone stands for you. And let us be mindful of that, Father. Mm-hmm. We just thank you for the, the discussions that we get to have, and I pray for the service this morning that we honor and glorify your name, honor and glorify your Son, lift up your Word and your Son, and let you uh, you get all the honor and glory of everything from today. Amen. Amen.